Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So we're quickly approaching Christmas time. And sadly, this time is quite challenging for a lot of us. It involves being forced either overtly or subvertly to spend time with our family. And I say the word forced because I know based on personal experience and a plethora of emails and direct messages that a lot of us do feel forced, do feel obligated, do feel like we have to put ourselves into positions of vulnerability. This isn't just for family members, but it can also be for friendship groups, for work parties and that sort of stuff. But the thing I want to focus on is the family. And the reason this is is quite challenging over Christmas is that we typically find ourselves in extended family gatherings. And there's this, there's a lot of expectations put upon us. Not necessarily overtly expressed, but, you know, we all turn up at a certain time and we all pretend that everything's okay. Almost like the past didn't happen. The abuse didn't happen. The neglect didn't happen. The ignoring of the abuse or the neglect or the, you know, feigned ignorance of people that should have intervened, or that perhaps we just simply don't get along, or our mental state just isn't up for it, or we're introverted. The point I'm making here is that for those of us who struggle with our mental health, this time can be quite challenging, and the statistics really back this up. Sadly, there's a tremendous increase in suicidality, addiction, um, and a variety of other related issues. There's, there's an increase in domestic abuse, domestic violence. There's an increase in almost all social woes. So what I want with this podcast is to highlight for a start that fact. The idea being that if you're struggling, if you're feeling this internal issues going on in your brain, if you're sort of lamenting or dreading or worried, that's normal. And that's okay. It's okay to feel like that. And it's understandable. I always like to start with a shared connection and just being like, hey, I, I get it in the sense that I understand that there can be a struggle in this sense. I don't get your struggle particularly. Obviously, everyone's struggle is different. But the fact that people do struggle over this time is common. So, what, before I sort of get into what you can do about it, I just want to sort of share my personal aspect. There's a lot of, basically there's a lot of social things happening. And I'm, I'm fairly introverted in the sense that it takes me a while to recover from social gatherings. So with my son's birthday, with the various uh, different Christmas parties, with work Christmas parties, with my gym Christmas party, with all these sort of things that sort of pop up that I feel obligated or I want to go to, it all comes with a cost. And that's not even including the things and the people that whose presence reduce or diminish or negatively impact my mental state. So I'm, I'm feeling it and I'm struggling. Not tremendously, but I can feel it building. So the question becomes, well, what... What can you do about it? And the first thing I would suggest is if you are 
at risk of self-harm or suicide or overdose or, you know, excessive use of drugs or alcohol, reach out, speak out. I hope that there's someone in your life that you trust enough to call, to message, to say, hey, this is where I'm at and I'm not doing so great. Please help. And barring that, there's a collection of online and phone-based services that you can connect with. If you've got a, if you've got a counselor or a psychologist, get a session ASAP. But barring that, let's just try and reduce the general suffering. There's a few things you can do. Number one is be aware of yourself. And that means saying no. What I mean by that is, is over this time, there's this, once again, this is obligation, overt or sort of just expectations that you make appearances, that you turn up to things, that you act a certain way. If you know that doing so is going to cost you and negatively impact your mental state, you may need to start saying no. Not necessarily to everything, but sort of put your foot down. Be like, sorry, I can't, I just can't come. And obviously it depends on your your connection with the people and how comfortable you feel, but you can say that you're, pre, you're pre-booked somewhere else. You can say that you are physically and mentally under the weather. You could say that you struggle with groups like this. It, it, your level of honesty will vary, but ultimately you can simply not turn up. You can simply like just say, sorry, I can't come. And you don't have to give an answer. And if people pushed, I'm just struggling at the moment. I'm not in a place to talk about it. Unless, of course, you do feel like you want to talk about it. So say no to things that you know will be negatively impacting and make make better choices in the sense that in the past, I would say yes out of obligation to everything because it's like, well, this is what the family expects. This is what I'm being told I need to do. This is what society suggests a quote-unquote good child, partner, relative will do. Okay, but what's good for me? I saw a quote or a little saying that suggests that we are slowly learning how, you know, slowly learning the manual to our bodies. We are learning how to operate ourselves. In the same way, when you first started learning how to drive, it was challenging. You didn't know how to use an indicator and the brake at the same time, right? We're learning ourselves. And the thing is, is unlike a car, we are constantly changing and evolving and growing. So there's this constant battle to, to, to keep that self-awareness going. So I encourage you to look inside and just consider, is this a good idea? One of the practices that, that I practice is to, my, my default answer when I'm asked to go somewhere or do something now is, I'm not sure right now, I need to think about it. I'm not sure right now, I need to think on that. I'll get back to you. And what that does is it allows me to avoid the pressure in the moment, avoid the the on the spot, like, yeah, I'll do it. That sounds great. Or like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel in the future. And I know that I struggle with on the spot decisions and social pressure. So the best solution is to delay the question. It might only take five minutes, it might take a day, but I'll delay it until I'm in a better mental state, or until I've had a chance to sort of sleep on it or think on it. And what this also does is it allows me to consider my actual mood as opposed to the mood in the moment. So let's say you've caught up with people and everyone's having a great time 
And then someone's like, hey, let's do this again next week. What do you all think? And a couple of people say yes. There's this temptation to go along with that flow and be like, hell yeah, that sounds good. But do you actually want that? I don't know. Have a think about it. The same thing being is if you're having a bad time around a certain person or group of people and there's a suggestion that we should do this again, your instant response will be, no, of course I don't want it. But the thing is, is you might just be having a bad day that day. You might be overwhelmed by other things. You might be feeling not so great in, you know, due to work or some other internal mental state. But because you're in this moment with these people, they ask, do you want to do this again? You check into yourself, you're like, oh, I feel terrible. Of course not. Well, now you're denying yourself a future possibility of fun because you might be in a better state when that occurs. So what I'm getting at is, is delay the decision. I'm not sure about that right now. Let me think about it. There's a couple of other things I'll suggest you do. I, I tend to practice open and honest communication. So what that means is, is if I am struggling, and this is this works for my personality, it might not work for you, but I'll just go out and say it. Sorry, my mind's not in a good state right now. I can't come. Sorry, I'm going to have to bail on this agreed upon gathering. I'm just not in a good mental state. Just be honest about it. And I suppose, as an extension of that, have an escape plan. So know that if you know yourself and you know that you're going to get overwhelmed or that someone's turning up to an event that is triggering for you, this person could just be just a bad person, just toxic. They could have done something to you in the past or they could represent something to you. For whatever reason, they don't improve your mental state and you know they're going to be there. Maybe there's a few of them. If you know that, and you know that for whatever reason you have to go to this event, and you're choosing to go to the event, and you want to go to the event, but they're going to be there and they're going to impact you, you know that you may need an escape plan. So, have one ready. Have an excuse up your sleeve. Oh, I can only stay for a couple of hours, I'm not quite sure. You can even have a friend message you, or text you, or just pretend. It's like, oh, I've got to deal with this, I've got to go. So that way you've, you've appeared, you've turned up, and you've left. One of the things I've realized is that the duration of how long you spend with someone isn't anywhere near as important as the quality of the time. If I spend half an hour with you and we're having a just incredible experience together, whatever context that might be, for half an hour, just time of our lives, and then it ends. I mean, it sucks that it ends, but that half an hour of amazing time together would be better than five hours of mundane trivialities and boredom or worse. So if you know that your social energy runs out after half an hour or an hour, plan to leave in that time. That's completely okay. It's far better to give your best when you can and then leave and bail because you've given your best, you're speaking to the people, you're there, you're energetic, you're having fun. And before it turns to crap, you're out. Great. If that's what it takes, do that. It's, it's, it's okay to not follow the expectations set upon you. I fear that as a child, our parents, our religion, our schools, our society conditions us to believe, to act, and to think in certain ways. And, and that's, that's, of course, natural. That's going to happen. But what that results in is that we sort of put ourselves into these ruts, these typecasts, these these paths that 
doesn't necessarily fit us all. And if we recognize that, that, that might be a massive cause of a lot of discontent with our lives, which would compound mental illness, cause some of it and compound the more biological natures of it. I, I apply this approach to everything in my life in the sense that it's like, okay, well, what does society suggest I should do and be and act like? How does that, re- and then I compare that to like, how does that relate to me? So if we talk about relationships, well, is the standard monogamous one person relationship exactly what I'm after? Or should I consider polyamory or an open relationship or something like that? Do I want to have a couple of deep friends that I see and that we can connect with over time and it feels like we've never left our relationship at all? Or do I want to have a bunch of friends that I see in big gatherings? What sort of work life do I want to have? Do I want to work one job, nine to five? Or do I want to have a a plethora of jobs? Do I want to do side hustles on the side? When I'm training, how much should I train? How much rest do I need? How driven should I be? Now, there will be, should, should I be religious? Should I, you know, like you can sort of go down every single aspect of life. What makes a good father? What what would a good parent do? Would they help their child to get dressed or would they let the kids struggle and take double as long and be a little bit frustrated but get the clothes on themselves, right? The point I'm suggesting is, is that it's okay to look at what your parents did, society suggests, and, you know, all of the things that you've been told and not do it. Now, I'm not advocating being immoral or harming others. Okay, there's, 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 there's a line here. I'm not advocating imposing upon other people's rights. But what I am suggesting is, is that you can choose how you want to live. It's not as simple as me just saying choose how you want to live, because obviously you've got to not only deal with your own mental hang-ups, but also the pushback that you'll get from society. And there's a variety of different things that, in different ways that I live my life, that society does push back. And prior to that, my mind pushes back and I'm sort of find myself slipping back into old patterns. But then I realize I'm like, I'm not really happy here. So in terms of your life in general, but specifically at the moment in terms of Christmas time and all of these sort of festive times, take a step back and consider what you personally want with your life. What would be best for you? And find the balance between that and what's expected, but beyond everything, guard your mental state at all times. Guard your mental state at all costs, because ultimately it's on you. And I really want you to remember that no one has the right to negatively impact your mental state. Just because they gave birth to you, or gave you money, or you know, are some relative, or you've known them for years, or whatever it is, no one has the right to negatively impact your mental state. So if you find someone doing so, Take a gentle step back and make some different choices. So what I want to end this uh, podcast with is a follow-on from the previous episode that I did. In the previous episode, I talked about writing a poem that was challenging to write at the time, but I knew that it would be therapeutic. Now, I'm going to give a massive trigger warning with this poem. Um, and the reason being is, is like the, the themes are intense. So if you're signing off now, 
cheers, have a good holiday season. If not, jump on board. Um, but the reason I do writing therapy is that it allows you to get the demons out and put it on the page. One of my books is called um, Words on a Page, Killing Your Inner Demons with Poetry. And the idea being that when you get it out on the page, when you put it into rhyme, you're, you're, you're sort of shining the light on those inner demons and expressing them. And you're realizing it's not as bad. You're sort of viewing reality. You're viewing your mind in a more clearer, calmer way. And you're sort of just cleansing yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. The poem I'm about to read you cost me in the sense that it was going to come, but it hurt to write. But it's expressing emotions that are obviously still internal to me and still there. So, this poem is called, I'm Coming For You. It's time I got my own, from a world that didn't care, from a world that wasn't home, taken and laid bare, taken before, taken before I had grown, my home turned into a lair, used and left alone, but now I can share, but now I have grown, but now I will dare, to take back that loan, to make the ledges fair. Perhaps you need a clue, because I still remember, and now I'm coming for you, and you contender. If you only knew that night in December, the door you stepped through had me questioning my gender. Unsure of what was true, you took life's splendor. Now it's time for a coup, you consummate pretender. Your sins have come due, your sins have come due. No, I will not be tender. What I will do? is become future's defender. You are just a fucking mutt. Your crimes will be laid bare. You turned me into a slut. Were you so unaware? Forced my mind shut, but now I will dare. A swift knife cut. Some pain to share. I'll force your eyes shut into a death glare. So, that poem comes from a place of a lot of uh, inner, inner anguish and anger and the realization that I'm no longer the small child that was victimized and abused and that given my physicality, given my training, given my resources, I could take vengeance. I could find the people that hurt me and hurt them back. Now, that's not something that I will actually do for multiple reasons. Number one, it would end up uh, as <laughs> quite a negative consequences, both legally and psychologically. Um, and two, I would prefer to work on acceptance and forgiveness because I know the long-term mental state consequences would be terrible. And three, I'm not sure that I truly would have it in me. But exploring those feelings, those legitimate feelings of anger and desires for revenge and standing up for my past self and all of those sort of things, those feelings are valid. Those feelings are real. Those feelings deserve to be expressed and explored. And whilst this poem was very challenging to write, it, it was very therapeutic to to, to write at the same time. And once it was done, and once it's been released, it's 
it's almost beautiful in the sense that it's a letting go of. It's a, it's, it's a release. So that poem was called, I'm Coming For You. And I'll put a link down below so you can read through that in your own time if you'd like. And if you're still, if you're still with me, if you're still listening, I appreciate it. I just want to remind you my book, Reflections of the Self, The Poetry, Insights and Wisdom of Silence is out now. I am looking at a physical copy. The, the, my first copies have come to my house and I'm super stoked with how it looks and how it's presented and the contents. So grab yourself a copy as a Christmas present to both you and me. And I'll let you know when the audio comes out too. So yeah, like I said, look after yourself this holiday season because it, it can be a tough one. Cheers.